Welcome to Reformed in Public. We continue with the reading of The Rare Jewel of Christian Contentment by Jeremiah Burroughs. This work is considered public domain. 5. Murmuring and discontent is exceedingly below a Christian. Oh, it is too mean and base a disorder for a Christian to give place to it. Now, it is below a Christian in many respects. 1. Below the relation of a Christian. How below the relation of a Christian? The relation in which you stand. Below what relation, you will say? 1. The relation in which you stand to God. Do you not call God your Father? And do you not stand in relation to Him as a child? What? Do you murmur? In 2 Samuel 13.4, there is a speech of Jonadab to Ammon. Why art thou, being the king's son, lean from day to day? Wilt thou not tell me? And so he told him, but that was for a wicked cause. He perceived that his spirit was troubled, for otherwise he was of a fat and plump temper of body. Because of trouble of his spirit, he pined away. Why? What is the matter? You stand in this relation to the king, and yet let anything trouble your heart that is his meaning. You stand in this relation to the king, and yet you let anything trouble your heart. That is his meaning. Is there anything that should disquiet your heart when you stand in such a relation to the king, as the king's son? So I may say to a Christian, Are you the king's son? The daughter of Are you the king's son, the son, the daughter of the king of heaven? And yet so disquieted and troubled and vexed at every little thing that happens. As if a king's son were to cry out that he is undone for losing a toy. What an unworthy thing this would be. So do you. You cry out as if you were undone, and yet are a king's son. You who stand in such relation to God as to a father, you dishonor your father in this, as if either he had not wisdom or power or mercy enough to provide for you. 2. The relation in which you stand to Jesus Christ. You are the spouse of Christ. What? One married to Jesus Christ, and yet troubled and discontent? Have you not enough in him? Does not Christ say to his spouse, as Elkanah said to Hannah, Am not I better to thee than ten sons? 1 Samuel 1.8 So does not Christ your husband say to you, Am, I, am not I better to you than thousands of riches and comforts, such comforts as you murmur for want of. Has not God given you his Son, and will he not with him give you all things? Has the love of God to you been such as to give you his Son in marriage? Why are you discontented and murmuring? Consider your relation to Jesus Christ as a spouse married 
as a spouse and married to him, his person is yours. And so all the riches of Jesus Christ are yours, as the riches of a husband are his wives, his wife's. As the riches of a husband are his wife's. Though some husbands are so vile that their wives may be forced to sue for maintenance, certainly Jesus Christ will never deny maintenance to his spouse. It is a dishonor for a husband to have the wife to whining up and down. What? You are matched with Christ and are his spouse, and will you murmur now and be discontented in your spirit? You will observe that with those who are newly married, when there is discontent between the wife and the husband, their friends will shake their heads and say, they are not meeting with what they expected. You see, ever since they were married together, how the man looks and the woman looks, they are not so cheery as they used to be. Surely it is likely to prove an ill match. But it is not so here. It shall not be so between you and Christ. O oh, Jesus Christ does not love to see his spouse with a scowling countenance. No man loves to see discontent in the face of his wife. And surely Christ does not love to see discontent in the face of his spouse. 3. You stand in relation to Christ not only as a spouse, but as a member. You are bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh, and you have a member. And to have a member of Jesus Christ in a condition of discontent exceedingly And to have a member of Jesus Christ in a condition of discontent is exceedingly unworthy. I insert it is. For he is your elder brother likewise, and so you are a co-heir with him. 5. The relation in which you stand to the Spirit of God, you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is your comforter. It is he who is appointed to convey all comforts from the Father and the Son to the souls of his people. And are you the temple of the Holy Ghost? And does he dwell in you? And yet for all that you murmur for every little thing. 6. The relation in which you stand to the angels. You are made one body with them. For so Christ has joined principalities and powers with his church. They are ministering spirits for the good of his people, to supply what they need. And you are, and you and they are joined together, and Christ is the head of you and angels. 7. The relation in which you stand to the saints. You are of the same body with them. They and you make up but one mystical body with Jesus Christ, and if they are happy, you must needs be happy. Oh, how beneath a Christian is a murmuring spirit, especially when he considers the relations in which he stands. A Christian should consider that murmuring and discontentedness is below the high dignity which God has put upon him. 
do but consider the high dignity which God has put upon you. The meanest Christian in the world is a Lord of heaven and earth. He has made us kings unto himself, kings to God, not kings to men to rule over them. And yet, I say, every Christian is Lord of heaven and earth, ye of life and death. That is, as Christ is Lord of all, so he has made those who are his members lords of all. All are yours, says the apostle. Even life and death, everything is yours. It is a very strange expression that death should be theirs. Death is yours, that is, you are, as it were, lords over it. You have what shall make death your servant, your slave, even death itself. Your greatest enemy is turned to be your slave. Faith makes a Christian as lord over all, lifted up in excellence above all creatures that ever made God except the angels, and in some respect above them. I say the poorest Christian who lives is raised to a position above all creatures in the world except angels, and above them in many respects too, and yet discontented, that you were as a firebrand of hell, and might have been scorching and yelling and roaring there to all eternity, yet that God should raise you to have a higher excellence in you than there is in all the works of creation that ever he made except angels and other Christians who are in your position. Indeed, you are near to the Indeed, you are nearer the divine nature than the angels, because your nature is joined in a hypostatical union to the divine nature, and in that respect your nature is more honored than the nature of the angels, and the death of Christ is yours. He died for you, and not for the angels, and therefore... You are likely to be raised above the angels in many respects. You who are in such a position as this, you who are set apart to the end that God might manifest to all eternity what the infinite power of a deity is able to raise a creature to, for that is the position of a saint, a believer. His position is that he is set apart to the end that God might manifest to all eternity what his infinite power is to do to make a creature happy. Are you in such a position? Oh, how low and beneath! This position is a murmuring and discontented heart for want of some outward comforts here in this world. How unseemly it is! that you should be a slave to every cross, that every affliction shall be able to say to your soul, bow down to us. We accounted, we accounted it a great slavery when men said to our souls, bow down, as the cruel prelates were wont to do, in imposing upon our, in, in opposing, in imposing a things upon men's consciences. In effect, they say, let your consciences, your souls, bow down to us, that we may tread upon them. That is the greatest slavery in the world, that one man should say to another, let your consciences, your souls, bow down, that we may tread upon them.
But will you allow every affliction to say, Bow down that we may tread upon you? Truly it is so when your heart is overcome with murmuring and discontent. Know that those afflictions which have caused your which have caused you to murmur, have said to you, Bow down, that we may tread upon you. Nay, not afflictions, but the very devil prevails against you in this. Oh, how this is beneath the happy position to which God has raised a Christian. What, will the son of a king let every base fellow come and bid him bow down, that he may tread upon his neck? That is what you do in every affliction, the affliction of the the affliction, the cross and trouble that befalls you, says bow down that we may come and tread upon you. Murmuring is three. Murmuring is below the spirit of a Christian. The spirit of every Christian should be like the spirit of his father. Every father loves to see his spirit in his child loves to see his image, not the image of his body only, to say here is a child for all the world like his father, but he has the spirit of his father too. A father who is a man of spirit loves to see his spirit in his child, rather than the features of his body. O the Lord, who is our Father, loves to see his Spirit in us. Great men love to see great spirits in their children, and the great God loves to see a great spirit in his children. We are one spirit with God and with Christ, and one spirit with the Holy Ghost. Therefore, we should have a spirit that might manifest the glory of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost in our spirits. That is the spirit of a Christian. The spirit of a Christian should be a lion-like spirit, as Jesus Christ is the lion of the tribe of Judah. So he is called. So we should manifest something of the lion-like spirit of Jesus Christ. He manifested his lion-like spirit in passing through all afflictions and troubles whatsoever without any murmuring against God. When he came to drink that bitter cup and even the dregs of it, he prayed indeed to God that if it were not pos- that if it were possible, it might pass from him, but immediately not my will but thy will be done as soon as ever he mentioned the passing of the cup from him though it was the most dreadful cup that ever was drunk since the world began yet at the mention of it not my will but thy will be done here christ showed a lion-like spirit in going through all kinds of afflictions whatsoever without any murmuring against god in them now a murmuring spirit is a base, dejected spirit, cross and contrary to the spirit of a Christian, and it is very base. I remember that the heathens accounted it very base. Plutarch reports of a certain people who used to manifest their disdain to men who were overmuch dejected by any affliction, and condemned them to this punishment, to wear women's clothes all their days, or 
for a certain space of time at least they should go in women's clothes a, a token of shame and disgrace to them because they had such effeminate spirits they thought it against a manly spirit and therefore seeing they did unman themselves they should go as women now shall they account it an unmanly spirit to be overmuch dejected in afflictions and shall not a christian account it an unchristian like spirit to be overmuch dejected by any affliction whatsoever i remember someone else compares murmuring spirits to children when they are weaning what a great deal of stir you have with your children when that you wean them how perverse and vexing they are so when god would wean you from some outward comforts in this world oh how fretting and discontented you are children children will not sleep themselves nor let their mothers sleep when they are weaning and so when god would wean us from the world and we fret vex and murmur this is a childish spirit for it is below the profession of a christian the profession of a christian what is that a christian's profession is to be dead to the world and to be alive to god that is his profession to have his life hid with christ in god to satisfy himself in god what is this your profession what is this your profession and yet if you have not everything you want you murmur and are discontented in that you even deny your profession 5 it is below the speci- that special grace of faith faith is what overcomes the world it makes all the promises of god ours now when you look upon the profession of religion did god ever promise you that you would live at ease and quiet and have no trouble I remember Augustine has a similar expression. What? Is this your faith? Did I ever promise you, he says, that you should flourish in the world? Are you a Christian to that end? And is this your faith? I never made any such promise to you when you took upon you to be a Christian. Oh, it is very contrary to your profession. You have no promise for this. that you should not have such an affliction upon you and a christian should live by his faith it is said that the just live by faith now you should not look after any other life but the life that you have by faith you have no ground for your faith to believe that you should be delivered out of such an affliction and then why should you account it such a great evil to be under this affliction certainly the good that we have in the ground for our faith is enough to content our hearts here and to all eternity a christian should be satisfied with what god has made the object of his faith the object of his faith is high enough to satisfy his soul were it capable of a thousand times more than it is 
now if you may have the object of your faith, you have enough to content your soul. And know that when you are discontented for want of certain comforts, you should think thus, God never promised me that I should have these comforts at this time, and in such a way as I would have. I am discontented because I have not these things, which God never yet promised me, and therefore I sin much against the gospel and against the grace of faith. 6. It is below a Christian because it is below those helps that a Christian has more than others have. They have the promises to help them, which others have not. It is not so much for the heart of a Nabal to sink, because he has nothing but the creature to uphold him. But it is much for a Christian who has the promises and ordinances to uphold his spirit, which others have not. 7. It is below the expectation that God has of Christians, for God expects not only that they should be patient in afflictions, but that they should rejoice and triumph in them. Now, Christians, when God expects this from you, and you have not even attained to contentedness under afflictions, oh, this is beneath what God expects from you. 8. It is below what God has had from other Christians. Others who others have not only been contented with little trials, but they have triumphed over great afflictions. They have suffered the spoiling of their goods with joy. Read the latter part of the 11th of the Hebrews and you will find what great things God has had from his people. Therefore, not to be content with similar crosses must needs be a great evil. 6. The sixth evil in a murmuring spirit is, By murmuring you undo your prayers, for it is exceedingly contrary to the prayer that you make to God, when you come to pray to God, you acknowledge his sovereignty over you. You come there to profess yourselves to be at God's disposal. What do you pay for unless you acknowledge that you are at his disposal, unless you will stand, as it were, at his disposal, never come to petition him? If you will come to petition him and yet will be your own carver, you go contrary to your prayers. To come as if you would beg your bread at your father's gates every day and yet you must do what you wish, what you list. This is the undoing of the prayers of a Christian. I remember reading that Latimer, speaking concerning Peter who denied his master, said, Peter forgot his paternoster, for that was, hallowed be thy name, and thy kingdom come. Pat, no, paternoster, the Lord's Prayer, so called because the Latin version begins, paternoster, our father. 
So we may say, when you have murmuring and discontented hearts, you forget your prayers. You forget what you have prayed for. What do you pray but give us this day our daily bread? For you must make the Lord's Prayer a pattern for your prayers. That is Christ's intention, that we should have it as our pattern and a direction, sorry, and a directory, as it were, how to make our prayers. Now God does not teach any of you to pray, Lord, give me so much a year, or let me have this kind of cloth and so many dishes at my table. Christ does not teach you to pray so, but he teaches us to pray, Lord, give us our, our bread showing that you should be content with a little. What have you not bread to eat? I hope there are none of you here but have that. Objection. But I do not know what would become of my children if I were to die. Or if I have bread now, I do not know where I shall get it from next week or where I shall get provisions for the winter. Answer. Where did Christ teach us to pray, Lord, give us provision for so long a time? No, but if we have bread for this day, Christ would have us content. Therefore, when we murmur, because we have not so much variety as others have, we do, as it were, forget our paternoster. It is against our prayers. We do not in our lives hold forth the acknowledgement of the sovereignty of God over us as we seem to acknowledge in our prayers. It is against our prayers. We do not in our lives hold forth the acknowledgement of the sovereignty of God over us as we seem to acknowledge in our prayers. Therefore, when at any time you find your murmuring you find you are murmuring your murmuring then do but reflect yourselves and think thus is this according to my prayers in which i held forth the sovereign power and authority that god has over me